0: thanks for listening to the revival today podcast with evangelist jonathan shuttlesworth to stay connected check us out on instagram facebook or online at revivaltoday.com now here's evangelist jonathan pittsburgh pennsylvania as we go into part five taking your place at the top the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers part five glad you're here Uh, the bottom right corner of the screen looks weird. I can't see how how many people are Glad to be with you. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as I already mentioned, and uh, I woke up early, which is a big deal for me, and I banged out up to number 46 and gave some thought and found the scripture, so I'm intending to fly through these, but the the first two that I'm going to go through are really on my heart, so it may... Knowing me, I may end up just on those two, but they're very important. So this is taking your place at the top. The 50 Secrets of Uncommon Achievers, part five. If you've missed parts one to four, they're available uh, anywhere you're watching now, most easily on YouTube and the Revival Today app. Oh, I saw somebody saying good morning to my mother. So hi, mom. I, I didn't see your name, but I assume you're on, and I love you. Let's start... In Matthew 19 This is where somebody like me gets confusing to people because I'm considered a prosperity preacher because I am a prosperity preacher but people think when you preach prosperity that you don't know about these kind of verses and I'm going to read one to you and I'm going to tell you why it's a it, hey mom Why it's a central Point out of these 50 And if you're rich You need to hear this as a rebuke Potentially And if you're not wealthy yet You need to settle in your spirit Ahead of time This principle Matthew 19 21 Jesus told the rich young ruler, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's very hard, not impossible, very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Let me see how I wrote the point down. Point 24. Uncommon achievers remain humble by honoring God and his church. Uncommon achievers remain humble by honoring God and honoring his church. Number 24. Uncommon achievers remain humble by honoring God and honoring his church. Exodus 20. I'm going to read a couple of the scriptures. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Verse 9, you have six days each week to work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. God made the earth in six days and then rested. The, the land is supposed to have a Sabbath year of rest. God said to work the land for six years, and then one year, let it rest. If you violate that principle, you're going against how God made the human body and you'll die. Matthew: 3, 13, er, sorry, Matthew 13: 13, 13 to 15. Matthew 13, 13 to 15. I'll, I'll skip that. So we'll, ju- we'll just do the, the other two scriptures. Uncommon achievers, number 24, remain humble by honoring God and his church. Now, I'm telling you this as a rich person. Rich people think they have their own set of rules. They think they don't have to go to church, they're not plugged in at any church. And I wanna ask you, if you make, rich would be different for, for whatever the different definitions are and based on where you live in the country. If you live in rural Arkansas and you make over 100000 a year, you're rich. If you live in Manhattan and you make over 100000 a year, you're probably teetering on poverty at, at this point as they keep raising taxes and cost of living. But whatever rich would be and whatever rich is in people's minds, when people start to get some money, their church attendance, nine times out of ten, goes dicey. If you think I'm saying this just because I have a church now, then you can dig up my old videos when I never had a church and never and planned on never having a church. This is a principle. As God blesses you, you're either going to be like Abraham and press into God more, or you're going to be like many, many other people, that they bounce in and out of churches. See, what happens is when you own a company or a business and you're the one who is always running the sales meetings and you're always in charge, if you're not careful, there's going to be a pride that develops in you where you can't sit in a chair and listen to somebody else speak. You have to be doing something. You'll only attend the church if they let you on the board. Uh, P- Pastor, Pastor Mike, I wanted to let you know I'm... My family and I have made the decision to start attending this church. Uh, First of all, what do you want us to do? Pop streamers? Release balloons into the sky? Congratulations. You know, you're never gonna have a poor person come up to you as a pastor and say, "Uh, Pastor, just so you know, I got together uh, with my cats and we made up our mind that we're gonna start attending your church. No, they just quietly attend. Quietly become members. It's, it's rich people. Pastor, I just want you to know that. And I haven't had this happen. My church is 14 weeks old. I also don't really know who in my church is rich or not because I don't count the offerings or anything. And you certainly can't tell by looking at people who's rich because truly wealthy people get very good at disguising the fact that they're rich. You never, you know, it's always a rich person. I just want you to know, Pastor, I've talked to her with my family. and we're, we're, We've checked out your church, and we've decided we're going to make this church our home. Oh, that's great. Right. Can we? Would you like us to lay down palm branches on your way out of the church? Can we lay our garments down so you don't have to walk on, on the pavement? And um, now that we've decided to attend your church, um, if you need, I don't know what you have for like a, a board on this church or how you get on there, but I would love to offer my services. No, why don't you just sit and listen like everybody else? Who are you? Rich people disappear for, for a, a season at a time from church. I won't be here in the summers. Um, My business takes me out to Montana. Why don't you have a plane, take your butt back from Montana on Sunday with your family, and tell your boss, I'm not gonna, er, if you're that rich, take Saturday to travel, go to church Sunday, fly back Monday, and work Tuesday through Friday. You're gonna uproot your kids from church? You're going to make sure your kids are never plugged into a children's program or a youth group, just bounce all over the place because you're in business? Who are you? Who do you think you are? Because you have some money now. You're not in church. If the more your income goes up, the more your church attendance goes down, I pray God will reduce your income to the level where you can stay faithful to him. it is very hard jesus said for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the of a needle jesus knew what he was talking about rich people think they're they're higher than god rich people think they're higher than their pastor for sure they think they're doing their pastor a favor to attend church it's the essence of pride Um, Pastor, I have a, ver- a rather large tithe check that I need to give. We sold some of our properties and we have a tithe of o- over 20000 We just wanted to, my wife and I wanted to know if we could get together for dinner with you and maybe discuss what your vision is for the church and where you're planning on appropriating the funds. No, oh, would you? Why don't you take your check, coat it in Vaseline and throw it away. I watched my grandfather when he was in his late 60s have a couple approach him after church. I think I was 14 and handed him a check for $10,000 and said, there's some projects we would like to see this church do and we want to give this as the money for you to do it. While they were talking, he took the check and dropped it on the floor and walked to his office. (laughs) <laughs> I have a feeling he'd been down that road before. At 14, my eyebrows went up. What are you, wow, why would you? Because he knew the spirit behind those people. That's why. Pastor uh, Mike, we've decided to, my family and I have decided to begin attending this church, um, and we're going to begin tithing here. Wow, good. I'm I'm sure God can rest easy at night, knowing He has access to some of your funds now. Pastor Rodney says, "There once was a man named Dave. The richer he got, the less he gave. But it's not just the giving. It it's it's the life of having." No regard for a church. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I've got nobody in mind. To Your tiny faces on my screen, I don't recognize 95% of the names that pop up. If you make over $100,000 a year, I wanna ask you, how many churches have you attended in the last 10 years as your quote-unquote home church? If it's like six, you might want to ask yourself some questions about whether you've got. Be, well, you know, we left this one church because I didn't agree. Well, okay, I'll give you one, maybe two. But if you're bouncing around from a bunch of churches because you, pl- you can't sit under authority because now you're rich, what are the. Hey, let me, let me ask you a question Who told the rich man, the rich young ruler, to sell everything you own and come follow him? Jesus. And that guy, because he was rich, wouldn't listen to Jesus. No, nah, no thanks. I'll keep my money and go back to synagogue. I'm rich. I'm not saying I'm the richest, I'm not the richest. But on world standard with the average person driving an ox cart worldwide, there's no question that personally I'm rich. Before I started this church, I I was faithful to church. When the church I attended shut down for COVID, I drove two two hours one way to go to the only church that was open. I'm in church. I'm in church on vacation. On Sunday, I'm in church. You should have a home church. Don't bounce around. Church is not re- meetings or revival meetings that you just pick which one you want to go to. You should be planted in a church. How ma- Let me ask you a question. How many worship leaders Or gospel music performers who started out in church then God blessed their music ministry so they decided to not have a church anymore or have a pastor and just go on tour how many of them are still married to their first wife how many of them haven't had a complete collapse of their entire life in that day I will give you shepherds who will watch over your souls you get out from under that shepherd and you become king sheep that thinks you can do whatever you want now because you're king of the sheep, you're going to get in trouble. How many rich people start a home church? I didn't say have a home church. I said start a home church. You know, my business in the summers takes me to another state, so we started a church in our home for our employees that I run. Who are you? Oh, so now you have some money so you can just start churches? With no direction from God. Interesting. Interesting the ideas that come into rich people's heads. And it's not all the rich people's fault because some pastors will find the two richest guys in their church and make them associate pastors and have them start teaching and leading the church. They've never been called called by God to any kind of ministry ever. Don't have a spiritual bone in their body, just some money. Never went to Bible school, never pursued a call of God on their life, they just did like kind of good in business. Next thing you know, they're preaching on Sunday. So it's not all rich people's fault because if a pastor doesn't teach sowing and reaping, and doesn't sow and reap himself, then he starts to exalt rich people, the exact thing James told you not to do. And the reason the Holy Ghost, through James, said not to exalt the rich in your church is there's a tendency for leaders to exalt the rich people in their church. One of the YouTube commenters said, I'm not saying you you shouldn't have a home church, but what if your church isn't a spirit-filled church? Should you leave? And where that commenter's writing from, there are not many Spirit-filled churches. I know who the person is. That's why I'm not reading their name. Yes, you should leave. You should base your life around a home church. There's a family that would drive seven hours from Michigan to our church every Sunday and finally just bought a house here and moved. That's all within 12 weeks they did that. Left everything from their home state to base around the church where their teenagers and children and themselves were being fed. You would never catch me in a home church. I'm just telling you that. If somebody starts a church in their home, it better have grown out of it. You know, if the anointing's on something, it's gonna, we're about to outgrow this entire building. So how has a church been able to meet in a living room for three years? Explain that to me. No one's getting saved. It's somebody that, I guarantee you, if you go to a home church, there's about a nine out of 10 chance that it was a, somebody that it has money, that got disgruntled with the church and started a home home study. I'd like to know the percentage of home churches that are run by rich families that don't want to go to, to a church. I'd like to know. Uncommon achievers remain humble. Your church attendance shows your humility. Your ability to sit and listen shows your humility. Your ability to take two hours out of the week and not be in charge. Good Lord, man. What kind of control problem do you have to have when you have to be in charge everywhere, including your church? Pastor, um, if you need me, I'm very talented. I would love to Hey, sit down. Yes, Pastor Phil, I agree with you. And the other the one out of 10 home churches are run by weird people. I could I could stay on this the rest of the day because it's very irritating that rich people feel that way. Well, I know the Bible says to be in church every Sunday, but it's different for me. I have a huge business that requires my time. So did Abraham. So did Solomon. So did David. David ran a nation, and he was in the temple. He was praying three times a day and praising seven times a day. Somebody wrote, do evangelists need home churches while they're called to travel? Yes! Yes, everybody needs a home church. I've been an evangelist for 21 years, 21 of those years without pastoring my own church. Everybody think about it the devil doesn't have to get you to disagree that people need a church, just that you don't well I'm poor I don't have a ride I have to work Sundays I own a big business and I have to Sunday's are our biggest day. you know I mean you listen to all the reasons what if what if your business you know my business does car shows and Sunday is the big car show day nationwide. Well, you're going to have to figure something out, my friend. You get out from under a covering, a church covering, I can guarantee your life's going to go south. My friend on YouTube said, I know some full-time ministers that said, if you're called into full-time ministry, you're the church yourself. Yes, they believe that. With I would say most evangelists don't have a church home. Or if they do, it's so that they can be on, salaried as that event, they can get some income and that church will help them financially. They won't just come and hear preaching. My dad role-modeled that for me. My dad, well, on Sunday, if he was home, we, he sat two-thirds of the way in the back and, and listened. Number 24, uncommon achievers remain humble by honoring God and His church. Remember, the church is God's. When you honor the church, you honor God. And before I move off of this, I want you to ask yourself those questions, especially if you're upper income. Where is your church home? What pastor knows your name? How many churches have you made your church home in the last 10 years? Are your children plugged into a children's ministry? Are your teenagers plugged into a youth ministry? Or are they not because you bounce around so much your family's not in church at all? That's why, and what a shame it is, you have somebody that God put his hand on their life, They rose up and excelled in business, and their kids are going to live wicked lives because they never taught their family the source of of what gave them everything they had. And your kids will go to hell, and it'll be your fault. Your kids will go to hell, and it'll be your fault. Turn to Genesis 18, 19. I'm going to give you an Abrahamic secret of success. Abraham, uh, Genesis eighteen seventeen. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have listen to this verse nineteen. I have singled him out so that he will direct. Switching to New King James. I have known him in order that he may command his children and household after him, that he may keep the, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. King James. Because there's a word that's going to draw out the point I'm trying to get over to you. For I know, Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him that they, sh- that they will keep the way of the Lord. One of the reasons I've chosen to bless Abraham is that I know him that he will command his family to keep the way of the Lord. What kind of success is it to have all the money in the world and your own kids go to hell? I want to know. There's, there's rich business people that their kids, and that consider themselves Christians, that won't be in church the entire summer because their business relocates them to another state, or they have some piece of crap home church they do. Their kids aren't involved in any ministry, don't sit under any ministry. You're not a pastor. You're a businessman. Get under a pastor. You might make heaven, but your children, you're guaranteeing that they won't. That's right, David. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and his family isn't with him in heaven? Put God first. Not when your schedule's clear. First. We'd like to meet with you on Sunday. Oh, haven't you heard? I'm a Christian. Sunday, I'm in church. Sunday's the Lord's Day. If you miss church because you have business on Sunday or because you're in a strip club on Sunday, what's the difference? Either way, you disobeyed. It's just two different baits that Satan uses to draw you away from God. One society has less of a problem with, and one society has more of a problem with. And sadly, one one preachers and Christian leaders have less of a problem with, and, and the other they have more of a problem with. To me, it's the same. Either way, it's disobedience. What difference does it make what the reason is? Pastor, my uh, flight got changed, and they actually cut our meeting a day short, so I'm actually going to be able to be in church on Sunday. I'm sure heaven stands up and applauds the fact that you were able to keep one of the Ten Commandments that everybody else keeps with no problem. But you're different. You have sneakers that cost $900. You have a belt with two Gs on it. You're different. The rules don't apply to you because you can shop at Neiman Marcus. You have an American Express card. Glad you'll be in church on Sunday. Kathy said, can your Sunday be another day? No! Be in church on Sunday. What other days does a church meet? Church is on Sunday morning. And if you're a pastor, some free advice. If you don't have a Sunday morning, you don't have a church. Church. We live in Washington. We have a hard time finding a church because our church shut down. Any advice, move to where a church is. See, when people say that, it already shows their job, why can't, my job's here. Okay, so you've built your life around your job, not around church. I've moved twice to go to church. I attended a church that went nuts in the state of Maine. I moved to go to a good church in Virginia Beach. Kate said, I'm a single parent. I run my own business and regardless of where my business Takes me, I drive to our home church every Sunday and schedule everything around it. Now I'm going to tell you, I know I sound like some kind of fringe lunatic talking like this, but if you go back a hundred years, which is not that long, there were Christians who wouldn't compete in their Olympic event because their race or their decathlon event or whatever fell on Sunday morning. That's the commitment that Christians used to have. And this one today freaking sucks and i'm not saying this i'm saying this as the as a pastor whose church is busting at the seams i'm not if people would come to church no i got too many people coming put a call in yesterday on on acreage to buy other land all on 14 so if you think i'm saying this because i'm frustrated nobody's coming to church Then pull up my old YouTube videos when I didn't have a church and it didn't, it it wouldn't have made one difference in my life whether anybody went to church or not. I'm telling you, you're going to screw your own life up. When you start thinking you have a different set of rules that apply to you because you have money, it's over. I worship from dark on Friday till dark on Saturday. Who am I then? Well, it, it, if you're in the Jewish faith, that synagogue or the Islamic faith, I'm saying if you go Christian church is on Sunday morning, that's not a novel concept. I know some people that can't afford property for Sunday mornings have come up with different doctrines. My father, Tiff Shuttlesworth, has a video on his YouTube channel about should Christians meet on Sunday or Saturday. Worth watching. (laughs) Tyler, I see you. The commands of the Bible are not based on your income level. Pastor, I I just got a promotion, and so uh, I have to work Sundays. I won't be here two days a week, two Sundays a month anymore. You didn't get a promotion. You had the devil find a salary point that he could buy your soul for. Imagine saying to your boss when he offered you to work Sundays, oh, you didn't hear? I'm a Christian. Yeah, but Mike, Mike's a Christian too. He, he works Sunday. You don't have to ask him about that. Christians go to church on Sunday. Not, not a novel concept. You understand I'm not inventing that concept here on this broadcast. Christians go to church on Sunday morning. I worship my father in heaven every day. I wake up praying through the day and go to sleep thanking God for everything. Wonderful. Get your rear end in church on Sunday. For me, every day is my day of worship. You know, it's not about a building in it. Yeah, keep talking, Lucifer. I go to sleep thanking God. I go to sleep with my hands lifted, with tongues flowing out of me. Yeah, I bet. You go to sleep with the TV on and drool coming out of your mouth. Who are you kidding? You, you, everybody's free to do it their own way. But my way works, because my way is based on this and 2,000 years of Christian history. It's not my interpretation. All I'm doing is doing what they did In uh, 60 AD, 1600, 1800. If you found some guy who looks cool, that's got a new way of doing things, now you can drink. Now you don't have to be in a building. Now he's also in rehab, the guy that came up with that. (laughs) Now no one knows where he is. He lost his marriage and family. Keep following him, though. Keep following that path. It seems to work out great. My path works. My path is proven. It's not new. It's an old path. I wake up in the morning worshiping God. Oh, yeah, must be nice to be an angel. Must be nice to be freaking self-deceived. Beep, beep, beep. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Well, it must be great to be superhuman. <laughs> People, you think I was born yesterday? I wake up worshiping God. Sure you do. Even when Jesus woke up, he didn't worship God. He just started yelling at the wind and waves. <laughs> This is how Jesus woke up. Wind and waves, shut up! Then started yelling at the disciples for their unbelief. Maria said, I thought you were an evangelist. You were pastoring a church? Thanks for keeping up with our ministry. Thanks for checking in once every six months. Well, my prophecy was self so fulfilled. I'm gonna get through two. Number twenty five. Uncommon achievers. Turn to Dennis uh Dennis. Deuteronomy eight. I'm glad there's not a book of the Bible called Dennis. It'll just be It's kinda of why I'm not a son, in, in the um Scientology. I couldn't follow some a religion that was founded by somebody named Ron. <laughs> you know, Jesus sound Muhammad Buddha. Ron <laughs> eh, I don't know. Deuteronomy eight one. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. And you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord, your God, led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't blister as well. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God. I want you to write that down. So obey the commands of the Lord your God. They're not suggestions. They're commands. By walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grape vines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Write that down, where nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you've eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that's the time to be careful. Listen to this. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees. Write that down. Beware that in your plenty you don't forget God. And what's the proof you've forgotten him? By disobeying his commands and decrees and regulations. God didn't say, now, anti-prosperity people tell you that if God blesses you, riches will take the place of God in your life. It doesn't have to, has not in mind. It says be careful, because there's a tendency. Verse 12, when you've become full and prosperous... And have built fine homes to live in when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. Be careful. Write that down. Be careful. Do not become proud at that time. And forget the Lord your God who rescued you from the land, uh, slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Then everybody always just quotes Deuteronomy 8.18, but 1 to 17 is a warning. Then 18, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to create wealth. Number 25, uncommon achievers understand that their business is the means God gave them to create wealth. God needs a vessel to anoint. He gave you power to create wealth. He gave you a thing to steward. And if you're in business, that business is that thing to create wealth. So I want you to write this down. If you're in business, now if you're like me and you're a minister, this doesn't apply. But if you're for profit, why am I in business? Answer, to create wealth. If you're not in it to create wealth, then you're a non-profit. But if you have a business and your motivation is not to create wealth, your business will never get off the ground. The purpose of having a business is it's a vessel God gave you to create wealth. He didn't say He'll send you, He'll stuff your mailbox full of money. He said He'll bless the work of your hands. The work of your hand is a vessel God gave you to create wealth. Why do I say that? Because Christians go into business and they feel bad about charging people. They think their business, because they're a Christian, should bless people. You know, I I, I only charged him the cost of materials. Well, that's not smart, is it? Your business exists to create wealth. I told the guys who worked on this church, who I know, charge me the normal price. Your family shouldn't have to have less so that I can get a deal. Now, that's not good negotiating, but that's how I feel. Don't feel bad about charging people. You should try to make the most money possible, obviously ethically, obviously legally. But man, if if you run a construction company and you're, you got the top bid on the job because you un, the next closest bid was 90000 and you bid 40000 you don't know what you're doing. And people say this, well, I want to bless people. I, you know, I'm an attorney, and I offer my services for free to bless people. Think how, much more people, how many more people you could bless if you had a legal team that took in $90 million a year. You could bless, you're going to bless one family. You could bless 10,000 families. So, if your goal is to bless people, then you should look to create the most wealth possible. Step number one of being a philanthropist make a lot of money. You can't be a philanthropist without a lot of money. I drive by Dunkin' Donuts on this hill, uh, the hill that was by our old church, our old offices. They're closed. They close at like 7. Why? If I had a coffee place, it'd be open 24 hours. What are you paying somebody behind the counter? $11 an hour? So if I open it the extra 8 hours, that's $88 plus the electricity, what? 100 bucks? $150? So I need $150 worth of sales in 8 hours? I think I can make that. 30 coffees? Less than uh, less than a coffee every fifteen minutes, let alone if people get donuts and bagels and, every, and food and everything else. I am gonna t- look how aggressive I am, and I am in a nonprofit. If I was for profit, are you kidding me? That's why Christian businesses aren't diligent. They're not. They're lazy. They are They aren't diligent in business. They are slothful in business, the two opposite things that, that God said to do. He said, "Be diligent in business, not being slothful in business." What scripture is that? Not being slothful in business. Romans 12:11. Romans 12, 11a, write it down. Not slothful in business. We're closed on Mondays. Why? Why? Why are you closed on Monday? We're closed. Um, we're open. We have a coffee shop. We open on Tuesday. I have a barber shop. We open Tuesday through Friday. Saturday, we cut hair um, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Why? Do you know how many places I've flown into on a Saturday to preach, and by the time I got my rental car and everything, it was 5 or 6 p.m., and every barbershop in the city was closed? You'd have had me. For sure you'd have had me. Why are you closed? Yeah, closed on Sunday, and that's it. Then not be open 24 hours the rest of the time. Why is Chick-fil-A closed at 10? Anybody besides me would have gotten a Chick-fil-A sandwich after 10? Or drove by one and wished they were open after 10? Not that they need my help. But I don't understand why you're closed. I don't run a business. I run a ministry. Kofi starts with the prayer program at 7.30 in the morning. And we run Check the News to almost midnight. And I'm a nonprofit. If you're going to do it, do it. Go after it. I want you to write that down. Go after it. Just because all the restaurants in your city, like Pittsburgh, are closed on Monday doesn't mean yours has to be. Barbershops are closed on, on Saturdays usually. Yeah, open yours. How many, how many days, God said he gave you one day that you're supposed to rest, but how many days did he give you to work? Six. If you work a job, and it's Monday to Friday, that gives you all day Saturday to start a, a sixth day project, as Pastor Willie George used to call it. Start something on Saturdays. Use Saturday to work on your dream while you're still working a job until that Saturday project overtakes your your Monday to Friday. Go after it. How many COVID, um, during COVID, how many times have you driven to a place? How many times have you looked up on Yelp? Maybe this is just a personal thing with me. I want a coffee. Go on Yelp. This Dunkin' Donuts is open till midnight. You go to the Dunkin' Donuts. Sorry, we're closed. Why? Why are you closed? You said you're open to a certain time. We don't have enough employees. Then hire more. We can't find anybody. Yes, you can. Well, maybe it's just the blessing of God. I haven't had any trouble hiring people. We've gone from like 16 to 31 during the hiring crisis. You can put everybody out of business, man, as a Christian. All the other businesses, their people are on weed, half paying attention. You're not. You're sharp in your mind. Go after it. Open before them, close after them, and work hard. Personally, I don't believe it's a coincidence that the supply chain crisis coincided with the legalization of marijuana. People are lazy and high. I guarantee if they legalized cocaine there wouldn't be any kind of hiring problem (laughs) or production problem. (laughs) We'd be in the golden era of production. Notice there's the legalization of marijuana. Nobody having trouble hiring people. Yeah, everybody's home playing Xbox, hi. Saying dude and bro. A poor man is not poor because he hasn't enough money. He's poor because he's too rich. That's the stupidest thing I've ever read in my life. So congratulations, because I'm, I'm a reader. i got four books next to me right now. And I read a lot on the Internet. And you have written the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life. The poor man is not poor because he hasn't enough money. He's poor because he's too rich. Um, I'll take things dumb people in Western countries say for 200 Alex. Why don't you go to a slum in a third world country and tell them, no, listen, man, you're not poor. The one who's poor is the one that has too much money. So I know I can see your ribcage and you're gonna die of starvation within about 36 hours, but that's not, um, that's not true poverty. I don't want you listening to me if you think like that. This is taking your place at the top, the 50 secrets of uncommon achievers. If you've got some warped religious idea of what achievement is, me and you aren't gonna get along true success has nothing to do with money oh yeah i'll take things dumb religious people say for a thousand alex that's right youtube commenter poverty is under the is part of the curse deuteronomy 28 sure is well said true poverty is having too much money so solomon was poor In your book, because God called him rich. So, speaking of weed, lay off it. How many drugs do you have to be on to write something that dumb? (laughs) I don't understand. Number 25, uncommon achievers understand that their business is the means God gave them to make them wealthy. So go after it and don't feel bad about charging people. Listen to me now. It's not a fruit of the Spirit to undercharge people. My friend Doug's on here. He digs wells for a living for people. It costs what it costs. Christianity's not doing things for free and your family suffering so strangers can get better deals. That doesn't make any sense. I would work my child's private school tuition into my contract bids. I'd work a a, a two-week vacation a year at a luxury resort into my contract bids divided over the amount of contracts I'm gonna divvy up. You're welcome, LaJoy. Thank you, Jonathan, I know I need to kick things to the next, oh, I thought it said I know I will. You will kick things up to the next level. Christian. It's not a Christian business. The mark of a Christian business is not you give everybody an amazing deal. You have a right to charge. The people that gave me this building did it because they felt to. They don't owe it to me because they're, well, you, you guys already have so much money and you're going to charge me for this building. That's, that's communism. That's socialism. They had a right to charge me whatever they wanted and if I don't like it, then, then don't buy the building. They did it out of kind. If you want to give, give. But don't have a, listen to me now. Don't feel guilty in business, I'm not talking ministry. I'm talking business. Don't feel guilty about charging people a premium price. Your time's worth it. You're doing it for your family. You're doing it to a, your mo, listen. Your 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 motivation in extracting the mass the maximum amount of money. Thanks, John. You know the Bible says, "Labor not to be rich." That could be a confusing scripture if you don't understand. You say, Jonathan, you're telling me to go after to use my business as a means to get wealthy, but the Bible says, labor not to be rich. Yes, I'm not doing it for me to be rich. I'm doing it to accrue wealth so that I can feed, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, build churches, get the gospel out. My motivation in going strong in business, is I want to be somebody that if someone has a burden to build a Christian television network, they don't have to take offerings. Call me. That's why. And you're not going to do that clearing 70,000 a year in your business. You need to have a plan to go after it. That's right. John on um, YouTube wrote, Deuteronomy 25.4, the laborer is worthy of his hire. The worker is wor- worthy of his wages. I'd like my kitchen remodeled. All right, my quote is, is uh, with everything you want done, it's going to be $41,000. That's a lot of money. I thought you were a Christian. You know, I'm a Christian. You're, you're supposed to be a Christian. Okay, what does that have to do with the price of marble for your kitchen and my labor? A Christian doesn't look to have another Christian brother have to live in poverty so they can get a good deal on their renovated kitchen. I had somebody do custom work for me. They charged me a good amount of money. They're not a a believer yet. When they quoted me the price, I gave them an extra $1,100. I negotiated up. They said, that'll be such and such an amount of money. I said, I'll give you this amount, and it's higher. They said, no, this amount. And I added more money. I put 2000 up. I said, and that's my final offer. Take it or leave it. The guy said, you're supposed to negotiate down. Why are you doing this? I said, are you my friend? He said, yes. I said, should I give you less money because you're my friend? Should I use our friendship to make you have to live on less? Or should I use this transaction as an opportunity to bless you because you're my friend? Said, I wish everybody thought like you, buddy. McGonagallus' husband is a contractor. She, she wrote, Christians are always looking for a deal. Abel's only client to ever not pay him was a Christian minister. And again, I've apologized. I don't think that needs, no, it wasn't me. But that's true. A a Christian minister in Abel, Abel's been in construction since he was 16. The only person to not pay him was a preacher. You know why? They feel entitled. Well, I'm a minister. Yeah, pay. Pay people more because you're blessed people. Number 25, understand, uncommon achievers understand that their business is the means God gave them to produce wealth. Why does your business close at five? Our office closes at five. Then Pastor Sammy was back here at 6 p.m. setting up for young adults ministry at night, and then Matea and the media team were in to check the news at 10.30. So it's not closed. And this is a nonprofit, and it's open from seven thirty to midnight. You 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 need five p.m. till your eleven p.m. bedtime to relax. I don't think so. Work hard. Do something. Do your passion, and it won't feel like work. I don't, I don't come in here and say, "Man, I got a broadcast from 10:15 to 11:30." No, it, first of all, I was, should have been done seven minutes ago. I have trouble. I, I enjoy speaking with most of you. I enjoy your comments. I enjoy doing this. Exact Tony, I like that you put that, Tony, on Facebook. She said, "We own a short-term rental business, and a Christian was offended that we did not offer them a lower rate. Yeah. And you have a right to be offended that they expected you to receive less money for your business because your brothers or sisters in Christ. You should look, I can't, that kind of brain is offensive to me. If I found out somebody was a Christian and I liked them, and, and, and preachers do that, with other preachers. I'm getting ready to have a, one of the best preachers in the world into this church. Two of them, actually. And I could, if I was normal, you know, we just started this church, so if you could come and help us, and, you know, if the Lord would speak to you, if you want to receive the offering for our church instead of your ministry, that would be a major blessing. And they, both of them would probably do it because they're, they're, they're kind But you're only hurting yourself. There's a minister I know, anybody he has into his church, he finds a way to ask them to please take the offering for his church. We're celebrating this. We're honoring the anniversary of our church. He's been broke for 25 years. You think you're helping yourself by having the giving go to you or hurting someone else. But if you don't plant seeds, you never receive a harvest. Amy said, I'm an arborist. And the only time I've been stiffed is by a church. Out of the corner of my eye, I thought it said, I'm an abortionist. And the only, I thought, well, bold, bold admission. And I don't know why a church needed to pay you anyway. So arborist made more sense. So I'm glad, glad I got that cleared up out of my peripheral vision. I sent Jesse Duplantis. $65,000, $65,000, which was our church's tithe. We had the second greatest financial week that week that we've ever had. Within 48 hours, a check for about a quarter million dollars came in from somebody who's never given to our ministry before and another check for 55000 from a church I've never preached at. Giving produces Receiving. So I'm telling you, as a Christian business owner, never feel bad, not for charging, for charging a premium. Don't do your work for free. You're never going to amass wealth, and if you don't amass wealth, you can't be a blessing to the world. Stephen said, I was told by a waiter at a restaurant that they don't like to wait on Christians because they never tip, but they leave a booklet about Jesus. That's why I always leave a booklet about Buddha and don't tip. because Those lousy Buddhists. Never tipping. Reverse witnessing. Yeah, I'd say about 98% of you get it. And the other 2% I ran off during the course of the hour 10. Awesome, Michael. Pastor, when are you coming to California? I was thinking about it. I'll come back. Tell me in the comments before we end our time together, what's something today that helped you from today's lesson? Hey, David, but until I get to London, get that trip planned to come see me in, in Pittsburgh with your friends. We're going to have a good time. Since I started listening to you a couple years ago, chunks of money have been coming in, so we sow more. That's great. It is selfish to stay, to stay poor. Well, your comments are encouraging me. You guys pay attention. Debbie said, I'm going to find the church locally. That's great. Well, listen, if you got out of church, that's right, and don't feel bad about it, Jessica. I like that, Bill. Let me give you another thing on that tip before I I call it a day. Let's say you run a barber shop. You charge $17 a haircut. And you're booked solid and the line's so long that people leave. What is it time to do? See who answers correctly first. I know it's on a delay. That's not a wrong answer. Yes, two good answers. One person said hire more people, the other said charge more. Both correct. Write these two words down supply and demand. If you run a construction company and you have too many bids coming in for your services, how do you lower the amount of bids that are coming in? Well, there's two ways to do it. To just tell people, no, I can't get to you. Or, A, hire more teams. And, B, start upping the price for your services. Obviously, word has got out about your barber work or your construction work that you're great. So charge higher. If they want a discount, they can hire somebody else's construction company where half the guys are on heroin and don't show up for work. That's awesome, Debbie. (laughs) I just now texted a client and told them I can't give a discount anymore. Yeah, you know, when supply and demand, when you're starting out, nothing wrong with undercutting the competition. I saw Sheets Gas Station. It looks like they do that with their gasoline, right? Do you ever know Sheets has lower gas when they open a new store, and I think they get everybody going there and then raise it. Could be wrong. Shouldn't have said a specific company so they don't sue me. But then once everybody's coming, raise the price. I had a conversation with my friend that's a barber about that. He was always, man, I've been on my feet cutting hair from 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. without a break. I said, it's time to raise prices. He said, no, it'd be too much money. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) There are people that live on welfare that would gladly pay $80 to get lined up if you do a great job. True or false? My nephew, Jay, and I don't think he was lying, he said I would drive an hour and a half for a good haircut. How far would you, what's the maximum you'd drive, Nick? Nick said he'd drive an hour and a half. This generation of guys will drive for a haircut. You do understand if you cut 10 people's hair for $40, it equals cutting 40 people's hair for $10. So even if some people say I'm not paying that much, you needed some people to say I'm not paying that much because there's too many people. Um, Jay, my nephew that's on, and I know a guy that started as a barber around Boston. I think when he started, he was charging like a neighborhood barber shop, 15 bucks. Then word got out about how good he was, started at 25, 30. Then the Boston Celtics and the New England Patriots started to get their haircut there. They would tell their friends in the NBA and the NFL that this guy's good when you're in town. The visiting teams would come. He got a re- that now he gets to put on Instagram that he's cutting major athletes' hair. Now I think he charges 80 bucks a haircut. That's true. David said higher prices also connote higher quality a lot of the time. Did you know if you charge low enough, Some people won't want to use you because it brings into question your quality. If somebody is charging $20 for a sushi roll, I assume it must be really good sushi. If somebody's charging $12, I think, well, that's a good price. And if someone's charging $4, I think I'll probably die of some kind of stomach ailment if I eat that. We try to get the best deal possible on our charter aircraft flights. But if somebody said, I'll fly you for $2,000, I would have questions about who the pilot is. It's too low. You know, some people that get their kitchen remodeled don't want a low price. They want to brag to their friends at a dinner party that they just spent $70,000 remodeling their home. That's That's the whole motivation of them getting the remodel is they want to tell people how much they spent. Some people don't want a deal on their car. Some people want to tell people they bought a $200,000 car. Someday I'm going to to your church. It's a good church. How about Easter? Fly here on Easter. Veronica, if you fly here for Easter, I'll get your hotel room and food. Just call the office. That's a deal for this Easter. Easter. Just for you. I don't know who you are, but you said you wanted to go, so I'm giving you a little incentive. And I got my faith out for 1,000 people for Easter. Father, thank you for your blessing that's on our lives. Thank you for your word that we can look through these great men and women that you used and what their secrets were, and we can replicate them because you're not a respecter of person. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen. Bill said he's coming from Idaho on April 17th. Now with all this talk about church, if you got convicted and realized you're one of the people who somehow you got disconnected from church and you're not living for the Lord. You're not living 100% for the Lord and you need to give your life to him. I want you to pray with me right now. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, let me know that you did in the comments, right? I did. And then more importantly, do what it says on the bottom of the screen. Go to revivaltoday.com and click I just got saved. Fill that out completely, and I'm going to send you a Bible and other materials to live the Christian life, no strings attached. Tiana said, I plan on driving to Naples, Florida for your service and hopefully flying to your new church soon. How about April 17th? How about for Easter? I wanna challenge anybody that's been planning on coming to my church to plan it on April 17th. No, we don't, Kelsey. Welcome to the family of God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow seed. I got two great books I'm giving today to everyone who gives. Some of the principles I taught are from these books. The Leadership Secrets of Jesus. Okay. There we go. 58 Wisdom Keys that can... Okay. Okay. Secrets of the Richest Man Who Ever Lived, 31 Master Secrets from the Life of King Solomon, and then I'm going to send you The Leadership Secrets of Jesus, 58 Wisdom Keys That Can Unleash the Greatest Miracles You've Ever Experienced. Those are two of the greatest books Dr. Mike Murdoch ever wrote, subjects that are right in his wheelhouse, and truly life-changing. And I mean that, truly life-changing. So if you enjoyed this teaching, you will like these books. And then I'm going to get the, the ones I've added to it and everything made into a book, in the meantime, I'll send you these as a thank you for your sowing today. Now, I'm believing for 10 people to sow a $100,000 seed. We've had one person sow a quarter million, so that's like two and a half people in one person. I, uh, we're getting ready to go on television in Russia. We're expanding the church. We're on national television, getting ready to go on Russian national television. So I'm believing for people to stand with us to get the gospel out. See you at the prayer service. That's awesome. So I want to challenge those of you that can sow at a large level to do so today. I'm going to send you all our Bibles if you do. The Revival Today Covenant Partner Bible. The Revival Today Kingdom Builder Bible and the Dake Annotated Reference Study Bible, all three of those Bibles, uh, along with the books for those that give at that level as a way of saying thank you because I'm very thankful. And there are people that can give at that level. I know there's people like me. I just asked Patrick what our tithe is for the last two weeks, and it's at 60,000. that's the tithe without the offering. So there's people that your business, if you were to tithe off of your business, which you should, your tithe would be six figures. And then there's people that already know that and they're looking for a place to give that's good soil. I wanna, I wanna uh, invite you to use our soil. I believe in what we're doing. We feed 1,500 kids a day. If you look at us, we're like an ETF. We're getting ready to reach veterans. And people said, um, can we give just for the veterans? No, you can't give just for anything. We're like an ETF. You can't buy into an ETF and say, I only want it to go to these stocks because you're not allowed to take food out of kids' bellies because you like veterans and you're not allowed to stiff the veterans because you only like hungry kids. You have to be a part of everything the ministry's doing. Not just the thing that's your favorite thing to give to because it's all important. So I want to challenge you to give and you're touching a lot of lives in a lot of different ways. Here's the ways you can give. Revivaltoday.com and click give now. Easiest way. Revivaltoday.com and click give now. You can text RT to 50155. Cash App, dollar sign RT give. Very easy way to give. Venmo, at RT give. PayPal, RevivalToday.com/paypal. Real quick, somebody wrote, "I can't afford to come on Easter, but I, but and then I want. To, I just want. I just want to get you to change your confession. Never say you can't afford to do something. Say I'm believing God to come to your church for Easter. I'm believing God will make a way for me to come to you, and I'm not." It doesn't have to be for my church at Easter, but anything. Don't ever say, I can't afford a car. Say, I'm believing God to provide a car. I have my faith out for God to supply a car. Talk like that instead. And I know you said in your comment, you just started listening to me, so I know you, don't, you, you may not know that yet, but it's very important. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Don't confess lack. Confess the blessing. Amen. There you go. You make that little switch and you'd be surprised. I was looking, my family and I are going to take a two-week vacation this summer and I was looking at places to stay and I shouldn't have looked at the upper tier ones because then it gets hard to look at the lower ones. There was one place, man, and it would be an amount of money that would make Dave Ramsey immediately have a heart attack. But I didn't think, well, they're not, they're not. no, I thought, Lord, if, I, if you found me faithful, that's the desire of my heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, will give you the desires of your heart. And God doesn't think like regular financial people think. Regular financial people say, well, until you own your own home, you have no business taking a vacation for X amount of dollars. But God's got vacation money and home money and car money and plane money, clothes money, shoe money. He doesn't have to pick from one to give to the other. God will give you all the desires of your heart, provided you keep him first. And so, thank you, Fia. I like your prediction. If you want to give by cryptocurrency, (laughs) I'm sending $500 from my business today. God bless you. I'm going to pray it's the best. Everybody who gives today, I pray you have the best month in your business that you've ever had. If you want to mail it, make it out to Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. Don't forget to claim your offer at revivaltoday.com. Claim my offer. If you want to speak to a human being, we have super friendly, competent ones here. 412-446-2332 or plus one, 412-446-2332. I had a good time today. I feel like the old days. I just feel like relaxed. We only got through two points. So I'm going to make up for it tomorrow. Thanks, John. You're welcome, Jody. Love you, Christy, in Hawaii. Oh, you're, com- you're, co- you're coming to the prayer service. We've got prayer <laughs> in a few minutes. Thank you, Mark and Christy. Thanks for giving. Awesome, Gina. I'm meeting you soon, and I can't wait. Well, that's good. Oh, I'll probably should promote some things. It wasn't a hotel. I'll tell you what happened. Nathan said, what's the name of that hotel that was super expensive? It's not that the hotel's expensive. It's that the presidential suite was available, and I looked at it. And I have a ton of American Express points to use. But I would still uh, have to pay the balance after the points, and it's a lot of money, but it's a, I mean, the room is unreal. And then, then me and Mogollis, because she helps me plan, because she knows how to work the American Express website for the vacations. So then we started thinking, well, if you're ready to drop that much on a hotel, let's see what homes you could rent. Good Lord, (laughs) the homes. In Arizona, it's like 110, 115 in the, in the summer. So there was a, the one home was built up on the mountain overlooking the whole city and facing where the sun sets, right? And there was a lounge chair, lounge chairs built into the pool so you're slightly submerged when you lay on the chair and there's a waterfall right next to it so it splashes on you to keep you cool. With the view of the mountains, oh. I know, I know I should be more spiritual and not care about things like that. But until that day comes, it's hard to look at that and then just go anywhere else. It's hard. I should have never looked at it. It's like when you fly for first class for the first time. Can't go back to coach. If you charter a plane, you're going to find a way to keep chartering them, I promise you. I intended on doing it once. (laughs) You can't go back. And you never have to go back. I want you to write one last thing down and I'll leave you alone. Write, I'll never go back. You'll never go back to Egypt. The God that brought you this far will keep taking you forward. I'm prophesying that to you right now. The God that brought you this far will keep you going forward. iowa and oregon come see me iowa and oregon see you in a few minutes Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to revivaltoday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.